0: You know, when I was little, I used to want to live in a house like this. You know, how
1: it used
2: to be.
0: You live with your family? I
1: got it out of there as quick as I could.
2: You know what works well about this little podcast, this little show that we have? What's that? We we don't have to be anywhere near each other.
0: That is true. <laughs>
2: in the in the day of social distancing, we got this locked down. I
0: saw something. I saw someone post something about um, instead of social distancing, it's social dis dancing. <laughs>
2: So is it like, kind of like a rap battle where you're like insulting each other, but via dance? Is yeah, that what I the guess idea so. <laughs> Dis-dancing. The only
0: cure for Corona.
2: Di- <laughs> Dis-dancing. I like it. Uh, yeah. No, welcome to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends with uh, myself. My name is David and that guy's name is Aaron.
0: My name is Aaron. That. Your name is David.
2: It's true. I feel like I need to, in the spirit of, you know, the coronavirus and stuff... I feel like I need to greet you in Spanish. So, hola, Aaron. Because you know, Corona being a Mexican beer. Did you see what I did there?
0: So, what do I do for a non-alcoholic beer? <laughs> President's <laughs> choice, David. Pre-
2: <laughs> President's <laughs> choice. Club soda to you, too. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> Although, uh,
0: cherry Pepsi.
2: <laughs> oh, fancy. You know, it's funny because uh, I'm a huge fan of cherry Coke. Not so much cherry Pepsi. I like Pepsi, but I just find Cherry Coke to be much better than Cherry uh, Pepsi.
0: I don't know pop enough to know.
2: That's fair, but I uh, I like the machines that you go to and you can because Cherry Coke was, has forever been like my favorite, and forever here in Canada, it was unavailable. Right? right, like now it's popping up in the odd place. Like I know, I think Burger King typically has it. Okay, uh, and then some some of the restaurants have like the machines where you can choose the flavors to add right. or whatever. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, it's still not really readily available. But I mean, maybe now that the apocalypse is upon us, we can figure out getting that up here. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, guess you never know what can happen these days.
2: <laughs> there you go. Go and uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Growing Pod. You'll find uh, both of our personal Twitter and Instagrams linked there as well. Uh, I will point out that you are still labeled as a butthead on Twitter, even though your your Twitter handle is now there
0: hey, I'm, I'm sticking with my original name
2: <laughs> I get the uh, <laughs> Stupidest grin on my face Anytime I see that you've tweeted something <laughs> well, I was like oh look There he is being active on the old
0: Twitter so <laughs> What I don't know what to do about that is I'm already posting on Facebook and Instagram Do I just post the same thing I don't have really any followers on Twitter Because I just well, haven't spent last... time on it And so it's I don't know <laughs>
2: I'm am curious. I'm gonna open up Twitter right now. I want to see what your followers are at this very moment. Six? Uh, that's what I think it was last time I looked. Yeah. Let's see. Aaron Nine. Crushing it.
0: Oh man, that tenth one's gonna get a special prize.
2: Right? I mean, hey, yeah, you're 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 tweeting videos of you playing drums. You're tweeting, uh, talking about records that you love. It's a good time. It's a good follow. I'll I mean, take go it. Go ahead follow (laughs) go find like i said go find them on uh you can find the links on our twitter and instagram at growing punk pod um but yeah we're gonna we're gonna continue a series that we started um last week and uh because we've we've started we we like doing these little we decided we like doing some kind of series yeah something that ties a few episodes together so if you missed last week's episode go back and listen to it uh it's about goldfinger and we discussed their self-titled their first record as well as, uh, I guess, their, their latest, not counting the Christmas EP they released recently, but their latest record, which is The Knife. We talked about those, and the link to that episode, to this episode, is John Feldman, because these two records we're going to talk about are both uh, produced by John Feldman. And, yeah, one of them is one of the first John Feldman records I think I heard and knew that it was him behind... Um, and then, yeah, so we're going to talk about the self-titled first record from the used, and then we're going to get into, uh, Page Avenue by Story of the Year. I don't know how many times over the course of this past week I kept writing Page Avenue, the story so far. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, that's not accurate.
0: Yeah, easy to confuse. Well, not yeah, are, not only are they produced by John Feldman, but he also discovered those bands and helped them get signed. Yeah. So it's kind of a unique, uh, unique situation.
2: Yeah, and we'll kind of get into some of that stuff as well. But so first, yeah, let's talk about uh, the self-titled debut record from The Used. I don't know about you, but this record for me, uh, specifically this record, I would say this band, but I didn't really get into much of the used outside of this record. And then what was their, their second one was in Love and Death or whatever. I listened to that one a bit when it came out. Uh, But this record specifically, and then maybe Memories that followed, which was uh, kind of, I believe it was like a, a, a CD that had like demo versions of some songs and some b-sides and then there was like a dvd that had i can't remember if it was a full live concert or if it was just like specific songs as well as like a documentary looking into the making of the album and stuff right um but those two records take me back to uh the closest thing on the last episode we talked about on one of um uh, so get what I need, maybe by Goldfinger. He talks about you know like the spray paint on the walls and whatever. Yeah. And I was like, the closest I ever came to like w- living in a house that was like, I mean, this was nowhere near. I, I should, I should uh, state this from the get go. <laughs> nowhere near like like a punk rock house, but it reminds me of like when I first moved out of uh, my parents' house and I was living in with a group of friends and I was in the basement. And how it worked is it was like, you came down the stairs, it was an undeveloped basement. You came down the stairs and if you went right, that's like where the basement opened up, right? like, that's where most of the basement was. And if you went left, it was like this small room that was probably best served as like a storage room maybe, or at best a small office. And when I moved out of my house, out of my parents' house, I moved in there and I literally had, I was sleeping on a couch and I slept on like that I brought with me. And I slept on this couch for a couple of years. And uh it basically went couch and if you sat on the couch, your knees touched a coffee table <laughs> and the coffee table was butted right up to my TV stand with like my TV and my stereo and everything. Yeah. And so it was just like this cramped space and anytime I listen to like this record and like I said maybe memories, um I'm immediately taken back to that space. And there was like one year we had a bunch of people over for New Year's and for whatever reason we all, a good chunk of us crammed into my room and we were just sitting around watching a movie when like the rest of the house was basically empty. I don't understand (laughs) why or how that happened, but it did. So yeah, whenever I put this record on though, I'm immediately back in that basement room um, sleeping on an old dirty couch.
0: (laughs) Party times.
2: Party times. So what about you? What was your first kind of, I guess, memory or introduction to this record?
0: So I've got a bit of a backstory. So I grew up in the small town Dauphin Um, I only had a few friends that I knew of that wasn't the same kind of music as me. So one night we were biking around town or we were going for ice cream or something on our bikes. And we hear these Blink-182 songs being played out of a house, like a band was playing them. And I was like, what is going on here? Like I I know all the people that listen to punk in my school, there's (laughs) like three of us. And so we kinda just like hung out outside, just like hoping that they would come outside and eventually they did and we started talking to them and they were a few years older than us. Um, and I, So I guess that's why I didn't know of them or, or whatever. And uh, so anyways, they, they were in uh, this punk band called Doc Brown from uh, Back to the Future. And, nice. and the band yeah, and I yeah. played in later on, we ended up playing a bunch of sh- shows with them, good dudes. Um, so anyways, they we were at their place one day, and they had songs from this album, like, before it came out, I don't know, but, I mean, that would have been pretty early on with internet stuff, 2002, right. so yeah, they would have been downloading, whatever. So they had found some of this, and I remember just thinking, like, what is this? Like, this is so crazy. And uh, so that was my first introduction to the use that they found him somewhere, so they you know before this album was even released before anyone really even knew them and uh, that's awesome
2: yeah. i love yeah like i don't think we as much live in a time now where like that's a way you're going to discover a band right like walking down the street and you hear some band playing blink songs and you're like wait who else listens to this band in this small town Oh, it like, was
0: so intriguing
2: especially because now you have such access right to music it's so readily available but um this was also one of the first records for me along with Full Collapse by Thursday that kind of not introduced me to Screaming because obviously like going back say like Nirvana well he was Screaming on some of those songs right but just like right. the whole dynamic of I guess like, po- like the post hardcore emo sort of thing that exploded you know at that time and the Used and Thursday were two bands that kind of did that like singing and screaming and you know like but without being overly like heavy right right so it was it was kind of one of those i i I definitely lump it together with and i mean that was kind of that emerging scene at the time um you know and taking back sunday and whatever stuff like that taking back sunday didn't scream as much i don't feel like maybe a little bit but it wasn't like something you kind of um immediately connected with with them but uh yeah, so this record definitely holds It's it holds a place there. And it is also, I mean, it's one of my all-time favorite records. I can't, I won't, you know, gloss over that by any means because it's a record that since it came out, and I think because it was sort of unique in what it was doing at the time and done really well, um, it, it always stuck with me. Like, the used are a band that I didn't necessarily follow. You know, like, this record came out maybe memories i owned and watched the crap out of that dvd and then when love and death came out or whatever it was kind of like okay and then i just sort of fizzled out and then a few years ago i can't remember the name of the record but a few years ago they released an album and they toured with taking back sunday yeah and so i was i went to that show and i got to yeah i got to know both of their new records at the time i was actually you know what they're they're pretty good like they're like they're i mean obviously it doesn't have that same like discovery sort of feel right. to it but but yeah they, they definitely i think they kept it up they kind of got weird a little bit maybe for a little bit there that sort of lost yeah, me but
0: definitely.
2: anyway yeah we're, we're gonna talk about a few songs as we always do and uh so i picked the songs off this record you picked the three songs off of uh story of the year that we're gonna talk about in a few minutes so let's get into the first one which is the taste of ink is it
1: what can you even hear me
2: Um, I don't know about you, but from the very first count of this song, like when that guitar hits with the little, like, shots or whatever it's doing. Right. And, you know, Bert singing it. Like, immediately from the first time I heard it until, like, this day when I hear it, um, I can't help but, like, just get pumped up and sing along. Like, this, this song makes it onto every, like... Uh, mix cd playlist sort of thing if i have a road trip coming up and i want to mix right of something like this song and a lot of times this song starts the playlist for me because just the way it kind of has you know basically just like the guitar and vocals and then it kicks off and it's also such like a hopeful song i think like there are a lot of bands in the scene at this time that were probably writing music like lyrically that was a little heavier maybe when i say darker i don't necessarily mean like Oh, they're writing, you know, like, super dark, like, evil, sort of. Right, like, yeah, yeah. But just, like, you know, more serious, I think, like, content. Yeah. Whereas this song is, like, not that it's not serious, but, like, super hopeful instead of being a downer. And, um, you know, I just, like... I don't know. It's also got one of the most iconic F bombs in, in the genre. <laughs> right. <laughs> and every time it comes on like it's it's just designed, I feel like, and written for the crowd to immediately engage and just like, you know, drop an F bomb at the top of their lungs. It's so perfectly executed.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I feel like a lot of a lot of albums that come out now don't have these iconic kind of sa- songs on them. Or maybe they right. do, and we just have access to so much, or things are just yeah. so different now. But I do love that about, um, yeah, about songs like this, albums like this. That you know, m- maybe they don't mean the same amount to me now, but right. as I listen to it, you know, it takes me back to a time that you know things were just so much different, and not not better. in as in, like, I don't like my life now, but
1: you know, just just different,
0: <laughs> right? You know. You kind of associate music with just being youthful and irresponsible and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, this, yeah, this album to be like, even as I'm watching, I was watching the music videos for it and yep. I don't know, I just, as I'm watching it, it's like, man, I just feel like just irresponsible where the word comes to me. I don't know if it's just the kind of grungy nature that they had and whatever, but <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean... I don't mean definitely, that in a negative way, but just... No, um, no, no. I mean, I mean, Burt was definitely one of the, the greasiest looking dudes, I think, in, in the scene at the time, for sure. Just like his hair. There was a band a few years ago. I want to say, well, now eight years ago, probably, in 2012. And I wish, I wish off the top of my head, I could remember what they called, um, or what they were called. But they had a video for a song, and the guy looked like he was just doing his best... Like Burt impersonation, like down to like the greasy hair. Yeah, there's probably uh, lots of those bands. Ah, uh, oh, I wish I could. I'm, I like might from first might get, to last. Mm-hmm. No, um, oh, it's gonna drive me crazy. I'm actually trying to open Apple Music right now in hopes that I have it in my collection. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, but oh,
0: I'm sure there was um, a lot of lookalikes that were trying to go for, go for that and rip some of that
2: off. Oh, for sure. But he was just like, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, I know who you who you're trying to be. So this um,
0: this was the first single off the album. Is that correct? I thought it was no. Box of Sharp Objects.
2: Yeah, this this wasn't the first single. Oh, off I thought the album. that's
0: what it said on, uh,
2: on Wikipedia. No, that was the first one released. Because I think I think you're right with Box of Sharp Objects. No, or Buried Myself Alive. I think was the first single. Hmm. Is that right? Uh, the song is about the used lead singer, Bert. Um, Oh, maybe it wasn't the first single. I saw the, uh, the like, uh, Taste of Ink was the second single. I wonder if this lists. At least according, this is, I'm, I'm taking this from Genius.com. I just noticed it said it there. Yeah, the second single from the U self-titled debut album. The video was released in the fall of 2002. I wish I could remember what the other, what the first single was. Anyways, but what one thing I wanted to say is you just mentioned before we get back to this, is you like kind of, you know, a lack of sort of iconic songs this day and age now this is going back a few years because like this would go back to 2011 but the first kind of song that popped to mind for me is as far as being iconic that maybe came out in like the current sort of pop punk punk scene would actually be uh came out swinging by the wonder years um off of suburbia i've given you all and now i'm nothing but uh like the outro on that or bridge or whatever you want to call it where he says i came out swinging from a south philly basement caked in stale beer and sweat under half lit fluorescence and i spent the winter writing songs about getting better and if i'm being honest i'm getting there when that part kicks in i feel like i know like for, i've only seen them the one time but when i saw them like like it was a hundred percent engagement it kind of comes out of nowhere and is this really powerful moment but but yeah there's not not a ton of like songs that immediately jump to mind that have come out in the past little while That i'm like yeah that's like like that song is iconic whereas the taste of ink for sure 100 percent is iconic
0: yeah, and again, I think it was just the era You know, there maybe wasn't as much stuff coming out as there is now Or I don't know I don't know what you attribute it to I mean, there's, there's lots yeah. of great albums and songs coming out and still being written But it's just, yeah. I don't know, one of those ones that's going to stand out, you know, for 10, 20 years
2: Well, and I think part of that is, like, there was a shift in, like, the pop-punk sort of world then Because you also had, I would say, like cross out the eyes by thursday right. was another song that i think would go to um cute without the E by taking back right, sunday yeah, yeah. right like there at that time there were a lot of these songs but also those bands were all like especially taking back sunday and thursday were kind of like leading a charge in you know like this sound that was developing and the used were definitely a part of that yep. i don't know where they sit in all of that like i think they're definitely like, if there was a Mount Rushmore of, like, early 2000s, kind of like that emo sound, they're definitely on there. Right, um, yeah, for sure. You know, alongside, like, Thursday, Taking Back Sunday, I guess Dashboard Confessional, and maybe, like, brand new? Like, that would maybe be my... Yeah. I don't know how many presidents are on Mount Rushmore. I'm from Canada.
0: <laughs> uh, there's 12.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's giant. But anyways, this this song... Um, I just like the, the kind of like the first verse is sort of just about being frustrated with kind of like where, you know, Burt was kind of at that time. But then I want to say directly, it's directly correlated to the band itself and saying like, like finding, you know, kind of his finding himself and his hope and his purpose in the band because then the chorus just, like, opens up and feels hopeful, like, here I am sort of thing, alive at last. I think part yeah. of it, too, if I remember, if I recall correctly, maybe is about him kicking a drug addiction, I think, yeah, if, I, if was, memory serves me.
0: Uh Actually, that might have... I remember seeing that maybe about uh, Sharp Objects. Well, maybe, Sharp... sharp.
2: I think there's a few sharp objects has something interesting in it too, but um, I feel like I should have looked this up. I'm just like remembering back to like, like the maybe memories DVD. And I feel like there's something in my brain about the, like, well, here I am alive at last sort of thing, just like ready to kind of take on life. Um, And the second verse just about like doing that with someone no longer being held back. And um, I feel like whenever they play this song live, maybe not as much now because like their core fan base is all older but definitely at the time like just like I feel like there would be a lot of tears shed in the sense of people just being like I'm so ready to leave this behind and just like you know talking about high school kids or just graduating high school and figuring life out just like giving up and forgetting all the BS or whatever but um, and also like on the song I just love how the bridge gets kind of delicate and breaks down gets nice and soft before kind of coming back into the verse and I don't know just dynamically I think it's a great song super poppy guitars that just hook you right away and great vocal delivery
0: yeah it's uh it's an interesting second song on the album after that first you know first one just kind of comes in blazing and and the second one's like oh okay they've got you know a different side to them it's it's intriguing and I mean the album you know is quite diverse all you know um the whole thing is a as a whole. So there is there is a lot of that back and forth of, of melody and poppiness and then kind of, you know, the yeah. angst and, and screamy parts. And so it's, yeah, just an, an interesting way to just shift the album kind of right off the bat.
2: Yeah, it, that's one thing I noticed in, like, going through this. I'd be like, oh, what was that, like, quieter song? And then there'd be, like, two or three of them that, like, really yeah. kind of... It's like, oh, wait a Right, I forgot about this and this song. And they're like, yeah, they definitely have... Um, a bunch of dynamics on this record and you know, as far as raw as they are, I also think they're really, they come off pretty polished, um, in like their sound. And, and the fact that this is like a first record, you don't, I feel right. like you don't see that too terribly often anymore. Right? Like where a band's first record, maybe you do, but it's just like so good. Um, because this one was, I mean, I guess taking back Sunday, tell all your friends was really good too. Um, but yeah, it's like, for a band's first record to, in my mind, I'd say this is their best, because usually you kind of have those growing pains before they really hit that stride, but I could be alone in saying that I think it's their best, I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, no, I, I've got the same same mentality with it. you know. it's I feel the opposite West story of the year, you know, just, we'll have a few anecdotes back and forth on the two bands in between here, but um, how The Used, I felt, was their best album starting out, and that's really when they peaked, And yeah, like you said, I kind of fell off On really following them after that But nothing I heard really grabbed me the same Whereas Story of the Year, I felt like Their first one was the weakest one And only everything after that got better So it's, yeah, really interesting dynamic But yeah, definitely uh, a great um, A great piece of music right off the bat For them, for sure
2: Yeah, Uh, let's get into a second song That we're going to take a closer look at We mentioned it a minute ago, it's A Box of Sharp Objects So th- this song, the one thing I love about it What what do you think this song is about Specifically?
0: Well I think it was on uh, Wikipedia Or something that it, it was something to do with With drug abuse or um, Something that I don't, I don't really know How he correlated sharp objects I guess just Maybe about drugs being that right where it's It's harmful to you but You know I guess it brings you some Brings you something that keeps you Coming back and so right. I don't know if he's kind of so, correlating those two things
2: So, I mean, the song itself may be about drug addiction, possibly, but like I know in an interview, again, on that Maybe Memories DVD, um, Bert says like, so a box of sharp objects, he's actually talking specifically about music, like sheet music, and a box being like a measure or whatever, and the sharp objects being Uh, like the musical notes, like sharp or flat, and just finding, I know that was, yeah, that was brought up multiple times like on that DVD, about how, you know, he was like just kinda of finding new life in music basically, right? And um so that song has always kinda of been or this song has always kinda of been special to me in that sense and we've brought this up with different episodes, different bands, different songs, just about speaking specifically to kinda of like the power of music and what it can actually do. And right. so in this case he's talking, you know, about playing music and how, you know, it, it kinda of helped I think dig him out of a hole sort of thing, right? And I don't know where he's at these days with, you know, any sort of drug addiction or anything like that. I'm not hundred percent sure, but, um, I feel like, yeah, this just a song about finding clarity and release and music. And I just liked kind of that metaphor. Cause it doesn't necessarily hit you right in the face. Right. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I found a box of sharp objects. What a beautiful day. Like, well, what does that even mean? Like, reading some of people's deciphering the lyrics they're like well the drug thing like you mentioned whether it's like syringes or whatever or even like razor blades like for cutting sort of uh, thing and like and yeah, I, as far as i dark. know i don't yeah and but instead it's again like this hopeful message and i just like i'm like that's pretty cool i mean you kind of masked it a little bit but it's pretty rad
0: yeah what i didn't pick up on this song until i was reading the lyrics this week is it's essentially the same lyrics the yes, whole song but because you know he sings a verse of it and then screams a verse of it it breaks up the song enough i just i thought that was really unique when i looked up the lyrics i was like oh that's it and i was listening to it yeah. it's like so yeah it was that, kind of a cool it's short but like you said if it's if it's that talking about that music it's like just just talk about the impact and just keep it at that, that.
2: Well, it's funny because that was my next note. I said the only thing I might criticize this song is that I wish there was even more lyrically kind of here. It gets pretty repetitive because same thing. I was like, it never dawned on me that, oh, it's just like the same, you know, verse and chorus repeated or whatever, right? And uh, yeah, so I was like, oh, I wish there was a little bit more. I mean, the song goes real hard though. Like right from the intro into like that guitar riff that he plays, like that's one thing about this record that... um, maybe doesn't get mentioned enough. Because I know, like, if I remember back when, you know, this record was out and maybe the next record or whatever, all the talk was about Bert and his vocals. And he's definitely has a distinct vocal sound, right? right. Like, um, But, like, I think Quinn, was that his name? Quinn, yeah. or that's his last name or something? But anyway, his guitar work on this record, I, I think kind of is a little underrated at times. There's some neat stuff that he does on here. And uh, that, that song, I... I've always gotten into kind of like that just how it's like like straight into that riff yeah. that's pretty that's yeah there's was
0: great. definitely something that stood out to me too is the guitar playing and again it's especially on a song like this like it comes across as a heavier song but yeah. the guitar playing I mean just the sound of the guitar and the riffs aren't necessarily heavy but just when you kind of yeah. pair it with the with the vocals you know that's always a cool thing when a band can kind of achieve a sound that um isn't maybe as specific to that genre but it comes off that way just with the dynamics of the vocals and the the instruments
2: yeah yeah well and that's i think that's a just sort of a sign of the genre at that time because it's probably fair to say to an extent that bands like the used and thursday and whatnot were kind of like precursors to what would be you know bands like At least for fans maybe getting into bands like Under Oath and then further going down like the heavier side of things, right? Like Yeah, for sure. Um because if you think about like Under Oath, with their first few records, they didn't really blow up until they're only chasing safety. And that record was like when they first really dove headfirst into like embracing the poppy singing and, you know, like the screams. And so like with these bands, you know, like I would say the used was definitely a lot poppier than a band like Thursday. Thursday was more on the, like the art side, the arty side. And I think they were all like art school students as was. So it's, you know, it it explains itself, but, um, but yeah, definitely acting as precursors to like mixing in more of the heavy side of things. And at this point just being more melodic almost maybe. Yeah. But yeah, no, this, this song, the guitar work really stands out for me and, I like I said it would have been cool if there was maybe just another verse in there something to unpack a little further yeah. but all in all like it's it's a song that goes every which way and it's it's pretty great which is going to lead us i think into the final song that we'll discuss off this record before we kind of do some rapid fire song mentions but on my own one the first thing i love about this song is and i've mentioned bert's vocals is how it really showcases his vocals uh like he it's so delicate and he really kind of like you, you see the softer side of him but then what you also see is his ability to sing really freaking high <laughs> like there's uh, the outro of the song or whatever there's like a uh I'm trying to think if it's even a harmony no because I think he just goes up to it and he like goes up an octave or whatever and he's singing like the on my own and it's really high in the background yeah. before he turns it into a scream or whatever. It's just I think it's a really neat song. It might be out of the three songs we looked at it is the saddest song though.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I almost wish he would have just kept it to singing on this one. I didn't really love like you know this kind of the, the orchestra playing in the background. When he starts going into those screams, to me they just sounded a bit too forced in that part, and I wouldn't, I would have mind, I wouldn't have minded if he just had kept it to just the singing, right? Because he he is showcasing something different there. So when it goes to the scream, it's kind of like I oh, just kind of threw it in there because he had to, or that's their thing, or something. So
2: maybe I, know. I know you had, yeah, you had you had mentioned um, earlier in the week about how there were some spots where you're like, oh, they didn't quite hold up, and you're talking about the screaming. And so, like, was it specifically this song, or just in general, were there a few other spots where that kind of stood out? Where you're like, ah, oh, the scream sound a little forced.
0: Yeah, there was. Uh, I, I didn't write down the name of the song. There was one other one, um, for sure, where there was a part, and I think uh, I think I had a note here. Um, maybe even on "Taste of Anchor," and I know that was kind of his style, right? He would kind of he'd be singing, and then maybe at the end of the sentence or the word, he would just kind of like push it to his scream. Yeah. And sometimes it works, and sometimes, again, it just kind of felt a little too forced and maybe a little too raw. It was just kind of like, uh eh, I don't know if yeah. that really adds to the song or just kind of is there.
2: there. Yeah, I mean, there could be other parts. Specifically on this song, like, I like it. Um, I think it's because maybe if he had gone to the scream without going, like, jumping the octave like that, maybe maybe then I could see where you're coming from this one though I just like I think the idea that I get from it is I mean yeah he showcases how high he could sing but as you mentioned especially at this time I think his style very much was I know he would like sing and scream until he puked sometimes like he would go side stage and just throw up right because he was like pushing so hard which definitely probably if you're forcing yourself to vomit because you're pushing so hard is not healthy for you for you or your voice (laughs) right but um, but it was, it was part of this thing with him about how, you know, emotional he was, which was like a very sort of like pinpointed thing I feel at that time. Cause like looking at another band mentioned like Dashboard Confessional, he was known for like, obviously he was like mainly an acoustic project, eventually going full band, but he would like be singing these nice songs and all of a sudden just like go over and kind of push right. himself over and start screaming. And so I think it was like a sound at that time and it was all about being like, oh, well, those screams are like so emotionally vulnerable yeah. sort of thing. And, and so it was definitely, I think, like a style of the time. But um, like this song, yeah, I don't know. I I, I love the, vo- the, the vocal delivery from start to finish because there's even a line at the end of the first verse. Yeah. Where he says, maybe I, do I know, uh, what does he say? Oh, he says, maybe I, what do I know? And the way he says it is like, he's kind of like... Just like giving up, right? And he like he drops an f bomb in there too, but it's almost like under his breath. He's like, "Ah, what do I know?" Right? Like, and just kind of giving up on what he thought, you know, he had known this whole time. And it's just, which is why, like, then realizing he's got to face it all on his own, which is, I think, why I don't know specifically who that song's about, but it's a pretty heavy hard song. Yeah, and, for um, sure. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't have an issue with that scream at the end, but I can see kind of where you're coming from. Like, especially on, like, a softer song that stays soft the whole way through. It would have been... I could see being like, yeah, it would be kind of nice if he just sort of stayed true to that. But throws the screams in there. But I think it was also to show he's he's unhinged. He's chaotic. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And again, you know, just like I said, certain things maybe didn't hold up the same for me as they did. Right. Know, 20... Well, I guess 18 years ago, so...
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... I don't know, we're going to go through, we didn't share these songs, like just kind of the quick hits, Um, but the first one I'll share and then maybe you can share the next one and if it's on my list, I'll share my notes too and we'll just go back and forth for a few songs if you picked any. Did you pick any?
0: Yeah, yeah, I've got uh, three others here.
2: Oh, so do I. Let's see if we get the same (laughs) ones. I doubt that all three will be the same, but the first one that I kind of mentioned in Quick Hit was Poetic Tragedy. Did that one make your list? No. All right. I just love how this one starts like kind of clean and inviting, but the end of the, it's one of the ones that starts sort of soft, but the end is just kind of like incredibly raw, which is a thing that they do. And it's, he just kind of almost starts screaming like back and forth with himself. Um, I, I was, I don't know. It's always been like sort of one of those things going back to on my own where it's just like, he sort of hints at these, like um, just kind of going over sometimes, right? Like pushing himself over the edge. What was, what was one of your quick hits?
0: Uh, I got uh, blue and yellow. That's uh, one of my favorites off the album. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It didn't make my list, but it almost did. (laughs) Yeah. It's another one that starts soft.
0: Yeah. And yeah, like I said, it's a very dynamic album. I think, you know, on Wikipedia, it's got, you know, Emo, Screamo, post-hardcore, maybe a few others too. So I, I do like that about this record that, you know, they can write catchy, iconic songs, but not just sticking within one genre you know sometimes i go back and forth a bit too much for my liking but it does make it an interesting album to listen to sure
2: yeah um next on my list was buried myself alive
0: that's mine too
2: yeah okay so this one the thing that always stood out for me is i've never actually learned how to play it on guitar but i've watched quinn play it multiple times and i've always been like what i've never seen anyone else do this but so he I don't know if he's barring like on the 12th fret harmonic or if he's purely just barring to kind of mute the strings, but he takes... Yeah. So he's, he's a he's a normal-handed guitar player, right? And he takes his right hand and he lays it across the strings at the 12th fret, which would create harmonics, which is why I think he probably is doing this. Uh, but then he does like hammer-ons and pull-offs on the 5th and 7th fret, and, which are also locations for harmonics. And it makes this like just interesting guitar sound yeah, that really I've cool. never... Like heard, and I've never seen anyone do it since. And so, when I mentioned kind of the guitar work earlier, I'm just like, yeah, like this uh, this record is just like layered with kind of really neat guitar parts. And like that one has always been kind of like iconic to me uh, because, yeah, like I, I, as far as I know, I've never seen or heard another band do it, and it's pretty sweet.
0: Yeah, did they play that song when you saw them live? Do you remember?
2: I've I've seen them live. 3 times. Okay. I think. Yeah, Maybe I wonder how or that or would uh, pull off live I can't, that part. Yeah, I can't remember. Like I've seen them I've seen them play it on live videos and it sounds fine. It's do- probably doesn't normally it probably doesn't sound as clean as like on the record. Right. But um but yeah, like it I mean, yeah, it's the first time I noticed what he was doing was watching him on that live DVD and I was like what mm. is he what is happening right now yeah. like I don't understand this because I, di- I didn't necessarily pick up on it just listening to the album right I'm like yeah it's kind of a neat thing but whatever you could probably you could probably accomplish that in different ways and then you yeah, had to watch him play it, like what I've never seen someone do that like I've seen two hand tapping but never seen someone who appears to bar a harmonic and then hammer on it's anyway it's pretty great
0: yeah then my last was one is uh, maybe memories it's a great okay, opener yeah. and yeah. I just I love every time that you know, just that guitar sound or whatever and then the snare comes in and then just hits full throttle. I love that.
2: Yeah, no, it is it's it is a great song. That's not the final one on my list, but um it is for sure another yeah, like just the way it starts, like the sound kinda of building in, it's it kinda of created its own thing that I mean I know it now. I, the song doesn't have to fully kick in for me to know what song is on. Right. Cause yeah. kind of got this like fade in of weird sounds and whatever. And I'm like, yep, here we go. We're about to start the used album. Like, and we're going to have a good time for the next however long. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a good, it's a great opener. My final song was actually noise and kisses, um, which the course gets me to sing each and every time. And again, the guitar work in this song really kind of stands out. It's later on the record. And, uh, yeah no it's it just kind of almost like comes out of nowhere like oh yeah we're still going and there's still really good songs that are mm-hmm. happening yeah um, which is which is fantastic but that's going to move us into um the second record we're going to talk about which was also a a band discovered by john feldman and i believe produced by john feldman we're going to talk about page avenue by story of the year Yeah, you picked the songs on this one, so why don't you share, not jumping into the songs yet, but your first kind of initial thoughts and memories of this record.
0: Yeah, I don't. So this album came out um, this September, a year later. Um, so that used yeah. album came out the year I graduated high school. So again, you know, a very uh, kind of impactful time. And um, So I, yeah, I don't really have a specific memory with this album. I think I actually got this album a number of years later, after, right. after they had released other albums that had gotten me into them. I do remember hearing it for the first time, and just kind of feeling a bit confused as to why it sounded like the used so much, <laughs> and just wondering like is like is this the same band or what? Like I wouldn't I wouldn't have known that, you know, that John Feldman produced it, or maybe maybe I would have, but I probably didn't pick up on that, or right. you know, just the timeline things, right? Because there's not social media and whatever and so you don't you know piece all these things together really unless you have yeah yeah. the cd and so i just yeah i remember thinking like this sounds like production wise it sounds like the used you know the drums sound exactly like the used (laughs) album which i would have picked up on and just a few kind of things like that that i just you know and i yeah it, it definitely didn't stand out to me as much as an album as as the used one did
2: it's funny because it's as if you copied and pasted my initial notes about this record because <laughs> specif- specifically, and I'm glad you mentioned it, specifically the drum sound. I was like, when I first heard it, I was like, holy smokes, like that sounds like the used. Obviously style-wise, they were similar to the used. Right. right? But I was like, man, I always... And I mean, I still kind of do view them as like the used light. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're like the used, but I didn't find that they were as raw as the used. And I i mean, to be fair, I never really got into anything beyond um, their first record. Like I may have heard a song here or there, but like Page Avenue, I listened to it and I actually really, really enjoyed it and still do enjoy it. But it always kind of felt like, oh, you're like, you know, the used little brother sort of thing, right? And obviously the connection with John Feldman doesn't help, I don't think um in that, but I will say this, that opening track, uh again going back into guitar work, it reminds me of like a polished, like refused. Were you ever into refused? Yeah. Yeah. Like that opening guitar riff that he plays in the song reminds me a lot actually of like the shape of Punk to Come. Um or sorry, the, not not specifically the album, but like New Noise. Specifically that song. Right. Just like the guitar riff in this song. But um and again, that's—I mean, there, there, there are so many similarities with the used on this record. But,
0: and I wonder why I will- John, like, I wonder what his thought process was. Like, was it okay? I've had success with this band and used. Here's another band that's similar enough. Like, just put out more content that is popular, or like, yeah, but I don't know. With saying that, I do feel like story of the year. They do have their own sound enough, and it comes out a lot more in their follow-up records, which I would highly recommend right. checking out. I think maybe just with a different producer, they got into their sound more. Um, they they really kind of came into their own. So it's kind of a weird a weird thing that their first albums for both those bands were so similar, but thankfully they kind of found their sound after that and kind of branched yeah. off.
2: Yeah. Well, and again, I don't know. I mean, maybe if I looked at them, maybe I have listened to uh some of their other stuff but yeah like this record um as far as like feldman's idea it's interesting because like one of the bands we're going to talk about in the future i think the first band he kind of produced and discovered being messed actually sounds like you know oh it's another Goldfinger, yeah right like like john feldman found a band that is clearly inspired by his band and is like yeah i'm gonna put y- i'm gonna release you i'm gonna release your music um and so i don't know if it was like it just him trying to step in a different direction and it's like yeah he found success with the used or what the connection is there but i mean they they do sound very similar and i mean the drum sounds tie them together i find and maybe the guitar tones a little bit but obviously vocally they're both unique in their own way but so let's get into um, the songs that you picked oh i was going to say that i over time though this record does like it stands on its own right. which maybe maybe even speaks to like the quality of some of the bands that were coming out then even when it's like this band this record feels like a knockoff of this other band it's actually still really solid Um, so but let's get into the songs the first one you picked was in the shadows
0: And I just wanted to say, to, to John's credit, like, both bands ended up, you know, still gaining a lot of success, and, you know, our both bands are still currently going, in, you know, in one capacity yeah. or another. So, I mean, he, he obviously knew what he was doing and could maybe foresee a bit more. Maybe he realized that they're similar now, but maybe he saw something in them where, you know, with him working with them, that they would, you know, eventually go on to do other things. So... I just wanted to, yeah, because I I didn't want it to sound like they kind of came up the same and then stayed the same and were copycats or whatever, but...
2: (laughs) But yeah, so In the Shadows.
0: Um, Yeah, I just, that song musically, you know, it's a mix of... So I I love this this band um, because, like the U's, they they mix melody and heaviness. Um, However, I like Story of the Year's heaviness. I feel like they're more influenced by... By heavier bands or like punk and hardcore bands versus the used maybe I don't know what their influences would be but you could just tell the just from the riffs and the guitar tone and stuff and and so I love this song because it, it's a really good uh, mix of that heavy and that melodic um, yeah so the song seems to be about a relationship or a challenging circumstance when things go sour and bleak in a relationship to be aware to not let it get the best of you Um, to not let it go too far. I like that line where it says, even in the shadows of our life, we can never let it go this far. So, you know, just when you're kind of in a situation where you're realizing that it's going to a place that you don't want it to go, and just kind of, you know, whether it's with that person or that situation, just saying, you know what, this needs to stop now. And, you know, I've got a few Mm -hmm. circumstances in my life where, where when I was listening to this song, it took me back to, like, man, like, I really didn't like myself in that situation or that circumstance and I just had to come to grips with it and say you know what like I don't like where this is going and I don't want it to go any further and so I just kind of need to make amends with it.
2: Right. Um, yeah, I think like this song first and foremost for me one thing I loved about it is how you know vocally he starts by just like screaming right out of the gate and it's not like he goes from like screaming cold hard stop singing. Like, he, like, transitions from screaming right. into singing, but he does it with, like, it's almost like like a, like a crossfade type thing where it's like he goes from screaming to maybe screaming a little less mixed with singing to singing. Like, it's this, like, neat transition that he does. Next thing you know, you're like, oh, he's actually singing now. Like, what, you know, what the heck happened here? And, like, speaking of the lyrics, uh, the line in the second verse, there's a line that says... Uh, He's talking about pulling his like his bottom lip down to his chest to show how to show how tired his jaw is of waiting to say the things he think that that person should hear. It's funny because it's like it's kind of standard fare for the genre, though, just to kind of like be like graphic and almost like maybe a little bit violent in your description sort of thing like again we've talked about taking back Sunday where he says you know there's like lines where he's like if you slip my throat with my one last breath I'd apologize for breathing or for bleeding on your shirt yeah. like, do you, like though? you know getting kind of violent in, in their descriptions and whatever and not that you know pulling his lip down is violent but it's graphic right like I can just picture like someone ripping their lip down but um, and then in like the third verse he mentions a cramp in his wrist and I'm not sure if it's from like writing too much you know if you've been like With a pen and paper And you've been writing You kind of get a cramp In your wrist and your hand Or if he's literally talking about Because like He follows it up by saying With a closed fist And I'm like So are you talking about Like actual like physical Like fighting Or again is it like A closed fist around a pen Sort of thing Where he's like Just getting it all out But there's so much of it That he just like Keeps writing And he's now physically In pain because of it
0: Yeah to me I took that as Kind of you know Being closed fist to You know again A relationship Or a circumstance Right, where you're just like You're always clenching your fist In frustration right. or whatever And uh, yeah, I love that The, the bridge in there Where, you're just, where they're just kind of yelling With a closed fist Yeah and just, Right, when you just release that fist When you're more open-handed To things in life Right, it just kind of releases That stress And, mm-hmm. and so th- that's kind of What I took it as
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it can be taken in the same story either way, really, right? Like, whether it's because there's just been so much stress and back and forth going on, whether it's, like, he's, again, making, like, a physical metaphor, or he's got so much that he's just, he can't stop getting it out, or he's, you know, been walking around, he's just, like, he's so tense all the time that his fists are always clenched, and he's, you know, it's, it is, like, it is a... I like this song lyrically, I mean again this this record from start to finish i also enjoy it right um and uh i'm intrigued because yeah i didn't i got into the band like right away i feel like i probably heard of them because i can't remember the you know the very moment but like where someone was like oh you like the used have you ever heard of story of the year they're like this new band if you like the Used, like i don't know if that's how it came about or what happened how i heard about them um but uh yeah like this this record it well, in some spots it does feel a little more generic to me yeah, for sure. all in all, I still think like the songwriting on this record is pretty solid
0: yeah. I also so. wanted to uh, to make a point that he says two fifty five am so I just had to compare that to they used 4 o'clock in the morning and now he's talking about 2.55 in the morning. So. <laughs> so it's
2: funny that you bring up that comparison because when I heard that, I was like, wait a minute. And I went on to the video for the Taste of Ink because right at the very beginning of the video, uh, you know, a line or two before the 4 o'clock uh, line, he on on there's a clock that flashes up but it's actually and i was like wait did it say 255 but it says 259 in the video there's a clock that yeah (laughs) i was like oh man so yeah it is kind of funny we're just dealing with time here uh, in the middle of the night i guess this is when these guys thrive you know yeah Uh, but let's uh let's get us into the next track here um which is one that you almost removed to add another one and i said but i want to talk about that one so it stayed in the list Uh, we're going to talk about page avenue (laughs)
0: This is uh, yeah, one of the standout, uh, popular songs on the album. And I just love the nostalgia of this song. you know. We talked about this last week with Goldfinger. I you was know, thinking back on memories of our youth. I'm assuming Page Avenue was like their hangout spot or jam spot or something. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, similar to Goldfinger, just r- reminiscing about youth. And even when you know good things are ahead, sometimes you self-sabotage in the present. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and I've seen that lots with, you know, whether it's, like, youth I've worked with or whatever, right? Like, you know that think good things can come, but at the same time, you just kind of want things to stay where they are, and so you, you know, kind of sabotage right. things. and um, Yeah. Yeah.
2: The reason I wanted to talk about this song is because every time I hear this song, I actually hear a different song.
0: <laughs> oh, what <which one laughs> song is that?
2: I don't know if you'll remember this. Uh, you'd have to go back to I want to say... So I have it like 99, 2000, something around there. But um, the riff, the main riff that's in this song reminds me of the song Schism by Tool. Uh, I would not you'd have to that. go. Yeah, you'd have to go back. And maybe if you like looked it up, you'd, you'd know it. Like It was on like Much Music, and it was. I don't know if it was on radio. I don't remember if that was a thing on radio at that time. But specifically at the end of the song, especially, I should say, at the end of the song, when the bass comes in and joins the guitar playing that riff, the guitar, or the bass tone, the riff itself is like a simplified version. Cause I mean, Tool is known for odd time signatures right. and just like being all progressive and whatnot. Whereas I feel like I didn't actually count when listening to this song. I'm sure this song's in 4 4. Um, you know, maybe at most it's in 6 8. I, I don't feel like it was in 6 8. But anyway, um, the riff that he's playing just sounds like a simplified version of the lead riff in Schism by Tool. And every time I yeah. hear it, I'd be like, I just want to start singing schism except it doesn't fit because again, different time signatures, <laughs> uh, which is funny. I say it doesn't fit. Cause like the line that immediately jumps in the brain from schism is I know the pieces fit <laughs> and I just want to sing that and they don't fit and it's frustrating, but lyrically <laughs> yeah. um, no, like, though, I
0: would know enough to,
2: Oh man, you should actually, they've got some songs. I'm not a huge tool fan by any means. I don't know if I've listened to an entire album at, like ever, um, but they do have some songs where I hear them. His voice for one thing is, uh, fantastic. But mm. anyway, let's, um, uh, I was going to say lyrically this song. Yeah, I think you're spot on. I read the lyrics and I'm just like, yep, totally taken like to a place. Uh, I, and I'm wondering, cause there's like the line about the three story parking lot or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, is that, is he talking? Cause the, like the, the idea I get from that line actually reminds me of, do you ever see the movie eight mile?
0: Uh, just bits and pieces
2: with, with Eminem yeah well there's like a, a rap battle scene where I feel like they're actually in like a parking garage oh okay and so I'm like were they playing shows in like a parking garage is yeah. that a thing because in my mind
0: skateboarding or something
2: it could be and then and then what do you say the table well because he says the table set the stage and so I'm like okay is the stage supposed to be an actual like stage like you're playing on or is it like a was it like a tabletop which is like you mentioned like a skateboard sort of ramp like I don't know there's just these things where I'm like because the the picture I get and you mentioned like with the jam space Page Avenue potentially being just where the jam space was or whatever the picture I get is definitely like that of like the formation of the band this group of friends that get together and play music and you know um, here we are sort of thing but uh, I I mean I could be wrong I'm sure all of this is easily like searchable (laughs) You know, to like, I'm sure it's been covered in an interview yeah. with the band somewhere. Oh, but I thought
0: it's nice to just take our own takes too. And
2: oh, exactly, exactly. See what it means um, to this, us. yeah, I feel like this was another, another album that didn't have a whole lot of annotations on Genius.com. I don't <laughs> like, some these days it feels like every new album comes out and people are like, here's all these, this is what this means. But like these older ones. Before you know, like going online to discuss what songs were about was really much of a thing. Yeah, uh, they, they don't exist as much. It's more up to your interpretation. So we'll say I'm going to say it's about the formation of the band. Yeah, me too. <laughs> maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but that'll bring us into the the final track that uh, you picked. Unless you do, you have something else you want to say about Page Avenue? Uh,
0: no. No, yeah. Let's let's move to follow. I do have a question.
2: Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Before we get into the last one, is this song, seeing as it is the title track? Why do you think they made it the title track?
0: Yeah, I don't know. That's uh,
2: yeah. Cause I was thinking about that. Yeah. and like title track. I mean, title tracks obviously don't always have to be, you know, like singles or anything like that. It just it 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 sometimes surprises me when they're not. Right. You know, like a single or whatever. But um,
0: yeah, it's kind of an odd yeah. choice. Like it, it doesn't really add much of the heavier elements of the band, so it doesn't even really necessarily represent the album That well, but maybe, yeah, that's
2: all right, too. Thought you might have a thought or two on it, but anyway, let's get into the final track that uh, you picked, which is Falling Down.
0: is one that I actually missed the first time I went through until you mentioned <laughs> oh, it <yes>. to me <laughs> and uh, I, I think just it must have just been because it says falling down you know plus hidden track or something on Spotify right. Yeah. and uh, so I don't know if I just saw that and all I saw was hidden track so I just stopped the album or I, I don't remember what happened but I'm glad right. you meant, mentioned it because it's an awesome song and I'm not really sure why they left it till the end of the album I guess you want to end on, end on a high yeah, and uh, I'm glad that in further albums that they did, you know, experiment more with the heavier side of the band, right? Because I think like their guitar player was was really gifted, you know, at uh, writing really catchy heavy riffs. Um, and I also would have thought that with the U's like, I would have liked to hear, you know, maybe some more heaviness from them. And maybe they do in in, in albums that they did well, after that, but or maybe that just yeah. wasn't their thing to necessarily do that,
2: but. I feel like the used from what I can remember kind of like as far as like the heavier side of things they kind of went down the road of like the chaotic versus like the heavier riffs right and like going back to talking about like when Bert would like push himself over vocally from like a sing to a scream and just being like and screaming until he throws up and just kind of like that emotional chaos that that kind of happens i think it's fair to say that the used kind of went more down you know the roots of like their emo roots right versus like as you mentioned and this song is a prime example uh but story of the year maybe going more down the road of like those hardcore punk roots and obviously there's a reason we're talking specifically about that in this song because this song by far is the most straight up punk rock song on the record
0: yeah definitely yeah, and I wish they would have had some more. But like I said, they, they have albums that come out after that have more of that. And yeah, I feel yeah. like lyrically it's similar to In the Shadows. Um, you know, he's talking about holding on to something that's kind of out of his grip or the struggle of letting go. And that could be, you know, for many different situations I couldn't really pinpoint a, a certain thing he was talking about on there. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. it kind of seems like a, a theme on this, right, of, of letting go, maybe growing up or f- sensing a shift in life and trying to kind of figure things out.
2: yeah and like this song for me i think like the very first time i heard it a i was surprised at the guest vocalist on it uh it like so it's toby morris of h2o yeah yeah and just being like and just being like whoa wait like we're talking about you know like a because this was still at a time where it felt very weird for like some of those like genres to cross over right right like this was at a time where it's like okay yeah like if if story of the year had a guest vocal appearance from Bert from the used or from Adam from taking back Sunday or something like that would make sense. But for it to be like from a hardcore punk band and then be like, Oh yeah. Like, but obviously this song again, being a little more hardcore punk. That's why when you first gave me your list of songs, I was like, what? No falling down. (laughs) And you're like, Oh shoot. Yeah that's a great song and I was like yeah I'm surprised it was and so your your explanation as to why maybe it didn't make the list makes sense because I honestly too forgot like didn't realize this was the last song on the record I knew about this song and I was always like as I was listening through it the first time kind of like in preparation for this I was like there's a song with Toby Morris from H2O on here I'm sure of it and like he has a line where he goes H2O go and I was like where is that and then yeah sure enough it's the last song on the album and I'm like Oh, oh yeah! This is a weird finisher. Like it does finish with a punch, then they followed up with like a goofy, like secret track sort of thing. Right. Um, which, okay. So this is something I kind of always had an annoyance with this record. So, did you ever own it physically?
0: Yeah, and actually, I'm just remembering now that I failed to kind of look through the liner notes and see if there was any tidbits in there I just realized I do have it
2: so <laughs> yeah I mean I don't, I don't know about the liner notes and tidbits but on the cover it always annoyed me that there was like a parental advisory thing oh yeah and there's not a single swear on this record oh really except for in that secret track they kind of like I guess you could say get inappropriate I don't even know if they swear I can't remember huh. or if it's just like they just kind of start talking about a little more inappropriate. and I was like okay like why is this on the record a, I mean sure it's just goofy and whatever, but if that's why it got the parental advisor like it's just this like weird combination. Oh, yeah, I never like, noticed that. There's there's not a single F bomb on the record unless it's hidden somewhere and I just missed it or something. Yeah. But I've like it's it's always confused me <laughs> as to why it was there. Almost it almost felt like it was there just to kind of give it lend it some kind of credibility, right? Like <laughs> Yeah, but, I guess maybe that was odd. Yeah, I, I yeah. love that
0: this that this song and album like it just ends on a heavy note, right? It kind of fades out yeah. in that breakdown at the end, where it's like it's just yeah. going into something. No, it's just fading out, and kind of yeah. it's kind of intriguing.
2: And like the lyrics in there about uh, where it says what it says, uh, walk, fall, stand again, so I can walk, fall, so like just basically talking about picking yourself right. back up, right? Like, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna fail, you're gonna fall, but you know what? Pick yourself up and just keep going. So it's definitely a banger, and I yeah I was like, you you can't not have this on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, thanks it for is, bringing that to my attention. Such a good song. So let's get into. We'll do this the same way we did it with the used. We'll get into kind of the rapid fire discussion of the other songs. Did you pick three for this as well?
0: No. Well, the only other oh. one, the only other one I I had was, um, uh, until the day I die, because that was yeah. I mean their kind of biggest one. It was the first single. Yeah. And so I was just intrigued why it was that one. So I was watching the video again, and um, yeah, I mean it's it's a super catchy song. I, I don't, yeah. it's not my favorite of theirs by any means. Like, it's good, but it's a bit much for me.
2: Um, which is fair. I mean, and I think it's fair, like also fair to say like you can't talk about this album without talking about that song. Right. I mean, I 100% understand why it was the lead single off this record. Yeah, It is sure. by far, by far the catchiest song. And I think it kind of maybe sums them up a little bit too, like lyrically uh, and just, again, a similar message, right? Like, just about you know, just living life to the fullest sort of thing. Not necessarily about just like, hey, let's just have fun, but just like embracing life sort right. of thing, right? Um, and I mean, lyrically, it kind of fit, again, the genre at the time until the day I die. I, what is it? I'll spill my heart for you yeah, or whatever yeah. it is. Um, yeah, okay. It, it fits alongside those other bands at that time as well, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was definitely on my list. Um the next song that was on my, that was the only one you had as like a quick. Yeah. Hit?
0: I mean, I, I, I like the rest of the song I was going through and trying. I was like, yeah. ah, there wasn't really any ones that stood up more than the others, you know, outside of those four. Yeah. Um, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Well, the next, the next one that kind of jumped on for me was Anthem of our dying day, which is actually yeah, the next another, song yeah. after till the day I die, yeah. which like one of the, one of the, I guess issues or silly things picking out about this album. Why do you have those songs back to back until the day I die? Followed by Anthem of Our Dying Day. I'm like, they're just so lyrically the same. Right. But I love, I do like, again, it's it's more of like an anthemic ballad, which we, we kind of covered with the used a little bit too and how they did that. Yeah. And I love the line where he says, up here the city lights burn like a thousand miles of fire. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, that's, that's a cool line. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And then finally the song that I had last to kind of mention quickly was Divide and Conquer, which is just another example of his vocals going from screaming and that, that like transition into singing, not just like the scream, stop, sing, but just like, yeah, that like, yeah, kind of roll over almost. It's kind of neat. But yeah, all in all, like I said earlier, like this record for sure holds up for me over the years. I would be curious to go and listen to some of the other, or like later story of the year stuff, because like I said, I, Same with The Used, like, they all kind of came, like, if I look at those bands, like, that time of France, like, that, so, like, Taking Back Sunday, by the time Louder Now came out, which I don't know what year that was, I was, that was kind of, like, the back end of my interest in Taking Back Sunday, which I think it's a really good record, and I think did really well for them, but that was sort of, like, when I was getting out of them. Thursday, it was only ever really full collapsed. The Used, it was only ever really... Um, the self-titled record, Story of the Year is only ever really this one, right? Like right. brand new, it was only ever really Deja Intendu and whatnot. And so there's like, they all came in this season in these couple of years. And then when those couple of years were up, I was like on to other things or whatever. But um, so, yeah, I am curious to go listen to it, especially if you're saying like they kind of dabble a little on the heavier side yeah. of the later Story of the Year stuff.
0: Yeah, their follow-up in the wake of determination is is by far, I think, their heaviest one. Um, I think my favorite one is the Black Swan, so that's when they left um, whatever major label they were on and signed to Epitaph. And mm. to me, to me, that's my favorite album of theirs. But yeah, it's their yeah. whole discography is fairly diverse and and really really well done.
2: Yeah. So if you're picking um, one of these two records, you have to you have to get rid of one, and you can only listen to one of them. Which one are you going with?
0: I think I'm gonna go with the used, um, just because it. It was much more influential. I listened to it, you know, a ton when it came out, and just have a lot more memories attached to it than than I do more. this one. Maybe memories. Maybe <laughs> do I have memories of this
2: one? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to agree with you. And main and and like not only that, not only do I have like those maybe memories attached to it and listen to it a bunch, but also as a record and this time, like listening to it, going like. Oh yeah we're still there's still really good songs and we're this late in the album and I don't think any of them are really forgettable whereas there are a few songs on Story of the year where I'm like, oh, what song is this again right Oh right right and then so um so yeah I'd, I'd definitely go with I think the used on that one as well, which may be the first time we've agreed I think
0: yeah it right might on. be
2: because we we had agreed as I mentioned in the last episode on um Oh, what was it? Set your goals. And then I was like, I changed. I was like, no, right. you know what? I haven't gone back to it, but I've gone back to four years strong. That was not a, a wise choice. But so this is, I think, the first one where we're in agreement, And I didn't have any doubt going into it. Like I mentioned earlier, it's one of my favorite records of all time. Yeah. Like, I just bought it again on CD because I found it in a thrift store and my copy is scratched up. So I'm like, sweet, got a new copy to put in the nice. van because it's it's one of those ones where like when my wife's in a good mood, if like if she just wants to listen, she'll like be like, "Oh, put the used on," and then we'll just listen to the used, and it's it's so funny because she's one of the people who are like, when it gets to the four o'clock in the morning, she just like <laughs> drops the f bomb. It's like yes, <laughs> she's like fully embraces it. Nice. Um. So yeah, let's uh, real quick. We're we're a slight change of plans. We'd announced on our last episode that up next we were going to continue with the John Feldman series. We're going to take a break from the John Feldman series for something a little more timely, I suppose you could say. Uh, So when we continue with the John Feldman series, we're going to get back to Mest, Wasting Time, and then uh, the latest uh, State State Champs Champs record, which I can't remember what it's called Living proof. I was going to say, I want to say Living Proof, but that's... Yeah, so there you go. So we will get to those. But next week, we're trying to put together an episode that'll be a little different, and it's probably going to (laughs) be... This was actually, I should find out. This came as a, a request on Twitter, actually. I will read the conversation that led to this and just show you why you should follow us on Twitter at Growing Punk GrowingPunkPod. Um, so this came from Jordan on Twitter, at JoJoFlow25. Nice. There you go. He said, he said, David, growing up, thanks for introducing me to Origami Angel. Wow, they're amazing. Growing Punk Pod should do a pod of what albums a person should check out since more people are staying home. Maybe a bunch of new bands to check out. Uh, and of their, what? (laughs) Oh, and are there any good music documentaries? So I don't know if we'll get into the music documentaries necessarily, but that thought, um, from Jordan on Twitter, Jojo flow 25 or whatever I put it away, but, um, I was like, Oh, this is a good idea. So we're going to do an episode where we're all going to share three records. I think I'm going to call it something to do with COVID-19 or whatever. We're all going to share three records that we think are kind of like underrated in a sense not necessarily our all-time favorites because no one needs to discover blink 182 or i shouldn't say <laughs> no one but like yeah. but you know like or newfound glory or no effects or like th- those big ba- we don't need to be talking about and sharing those bands necessarily uh, so we're going to get into you know maybe some records that went under the radar a little bit uh for whatever case and uh hoping to kind of bring in some guests um, in fact I know some have, have shared some interest it's just a matter of actually coordinating it and getting it done so if you you know if you check your podcast feed next week and it's like a 15 minute episode you'll know that none of those guests came through um, if <laughs> well, not we no, we they're, hope to they're going to sh-
0: come through we're going to make it oh, happen oh
2: yeah we hope to share from a from a number of different people um, you know their their favorite. You know their three favorite kind of underrated records or whatever that they think you should discover while you are in self isolation, while you're in quarantine. If you need to be with, you know the whole COVID nineteen thing. So if we can be topical for an episode, that's what we'll do. Yeah. So right that's what's hopefully coming up next. And um, yeah, so before we get out of here again, go follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Growing Punk Pod. You can find our personal uh, Twitters and Instagrams there as well. And uh, wherever you're listening, make sure you you subscribe, you rate, you review. Again, as I always say, if you're listening on YouTube, that's great. But go listen to us on your favorite podcast app. Get the full experience with all the music and stuff as well. That'll do it for this episode. So bye-bye.
1: Bye. demo. I'd really love to be there. You're going to be great. i got a feeling about you. Let's go, Alex. See ya. See ya.